This week's podcast brought to you by Acorn Butter. This past weekend, uh, the holiday weekend, Columbus Day weekend, we drove to Cape Cod. And it, we make this drive fairly often, three hours and 15 minutes. That's pretty boring. And uh, this time as I-84 segues on to the Mass Pike, we had, it wasn't boring, but it certainly wasn't welcome. We, we got caught in one of these uh, traffic vortexes where we could not escape a gigantic, I assume it was a septic truck, that was constantly at our side or in front of us, and it stank to high heaven. Am I wrong? You're not wrong. I, I have no sense of smell left, and, and I'm still smelling this three days later. And uh, it occurred to me, as this guy finally flew past us at 90 miles an hour as we got off the, uh, the Mass Pike for this very reason to escape it, that this guy had given new meaning to the phrase, hauling ass. Saying says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. We celebrated successfully a couple birthdays this past weekend. Our son turned 10, and uh, he was on cloud nine for his 10th birthday. He had a birthday party with friends playing laser tag, and, uh, and then was just thrilled with some simple presents that we got him. He, he loved his um, soccer ball. He got a new soccer ball because his old one was falling apart. Spent all day, what day was that, Sunday? Playing keepy-uppy, trying to break your record. I think I'm putting my record out of reach, though. Yeah. <laughs> Came in that night and t- just talked about how much his legs hurt, and he couldn't figure out why his legs hurt so much. Well, of course, it was because he was... Uh, playing keepy-uppy all day in the backyard. Um, he also got a football from one of his buddies at his birthday party at the bowling alley and loved that thing. I mean, the simplest ball, hours of enjoyment. Who would have thought that uh, it was more enjoyable than a than an eye touch? Well, speaking of that, our seven-year-old daughter, who's turning eight um, next week, had spent hours, she spent hours on Sunday Um, Not playing video games, not playing with toys, but being out on her bike. Her bike has a little basket on the front, and she was just driving in like three-foot increments on her bike and then picking up every acorn she could find to put into the the basket on her bike. And she would only pick the acorns that were whole. She wouldn't pick any that were cracked or had just the shell. And um, she spent forever out there. And then... Once she brought all the acorns inside, spent another, I don't know, 45 minutes to an hour counting them and sorting them and and just had the best time. She did it for a while in the morning and then we had to run some errands and she said, I, I can't wait to get back and collect more acorns. But and she wanted uh, to put the acorns in a jar at our local library. Right. They didn't ask for acorns, but she wants to bring them to the local library because they occasionally have a guess how many things are in this. The problem with that is... They often, often it's guess how many mints or how many pieces of candy are in this jar. It's usually Tootsie Rolls, yeah, or something you and can actually consume. The winner gets to keep that. 
The winner of this presumably would get to keep a <laughs> jar of hundreds of acorns. Well, she was counting them. She she got to 600. She'd collected 600 acorns. But yeah, that's that's what she wants us to do is but to bring them to the library and see if they want to have a contest. I didn't know any of this was going on until I overheard you two talking about, now this is the seven-year-old and the newly minted birthday girl yourself, because your birthday is on the same day as our son's, um, talking about are acorns edible? And, and you, the all-knowing mom, said, I don't know. Let's let's look that up. And I was sitting in a different room thinking, you don't know if acorns are edible? Well, I don't know. I guess my, my uh, answer to her was, I don't know if they're, if they're poisonous. I don't know exactly what makes them that uh, a food that squirrels love and humans don't. So we looked it up. That's what you do. And, had, and you, it, had you ever seen a, a bag of planters honey roasted acorns at the gas station? No, but I also haven't seen a bag of uh, edible, you know, there's different kind of things that grow outside that are edible, but people don't eat them even though they won't harm you. Just because it's not something that people eat that they don't find uh, flavorful doesn't mean that it's not an edible food. I, I remember uh, grieving once after a loss and receiving a edible acorn arrangement. <laughs> was it chocolate? Did, were some of them chocolate Never chocolate, covered? really anything dipped in chocolate is good, <laughs> but um, you know, you don't hear about um, A, B, and J's, acorn butter and jelly sandwiches. <laughs> well, I, it was good for us to look it up because there, there's something in the acorn that is not easily digestible by, by humans, and it, it's from what I could gather, it's something that would give you a stomach ache, but wouldn't necessarily kill you. So that was good for her to know. From what you um, could gather? From what I could gather. Well, that's the appropriate word since we were getting our acorns. And uh, anyway, so yeah, so, and, and we needed to know if when we bring them to the library and we have the contest, if it needs to say on the jar, um, acorns are not edible. Well, I, I have fond memories as a child of going to twins games and uh, cracking acorns with dad, <laughs> singing buy me some acorns and Cracker Jack at the seventh inning stretch. But you know what? When you were a kid, you know, don't don't make fun of the, the lack of acorn butter on the shelves at the grocery store. When you were when we were kids, they didn't sell almond butter. They didn't sell cashew butter. The only the only nut butter they sold was peanut butter. So who knows? Maybe maybe there is some some kind of ingredient you could add to an acorn to make acorn butter. <laughs> edible and enjoyable by people. We should get Denny Gallagher on this. This could be our next side hustle, acorn milk. <laughs> yeah. Next time I go to Starbucks, I'm going to ask for my hot chocolate with acorn milk and whipped cream, and, I, and I'll see if they give it to me. We'll see. There's been years where I've been gone on our son's birthday, which is also my birthday, calling WNBA Finals games. This year I was home. It's been great. Didn't have to get on a flight to rush home. But I was at the airport last week after being at ACC Media Day in Charlotte, and I, I got to the airport in time to catch an earlier flight and I was at uh, than the one I was originally going to be on, and I was at the counter. And as I was waiting for the guide to switch my ticket, a woman cut the line. There was maybe three people in line and a woman cut. And uh, she just looked to the other passengers and she said, I'm sorry, I'm trying to get home, my mother is dying. And this woman was in a bit of a frenzied state, so I kind of believed her. And uh, but the guy behind me was having no time for it. He 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 was upset. He said, "You can't. There's a line here for a reason. You can't cut the line." She said, "My mother is dying." 
And, uh, and this guy's response was, we're all trying to get home. My mother fell and broke her hip. I've got pictures. <laughs> and the woman said, oh, how convenient, you know, as they're, they're like now sparring back and forth. A another gate agent came up to help the guy. How convenient? Um, yeah. And the woman, how convenient that he, that, that, that your mother apparently broke her hip. My mother's dying. But for the guy to say, I've got pictures. I was so hoping that at that moment, this man and this woman who were in this heated, it was a heated argument that they would both pause for a second for him to take out his phone to show the woman with the dying mother the, the pictures of his mother with the broken hip. And, and maybe she could have trumped that by saying, well, I've got pictures of my mother dying. I have. It was unbelievable. I have x-rays and they could hold them up to the light like in an old episode of ER. <laughs> and the poor guy who was finishing up helping me when he handed me my ticket, I just said, um, I said, everyone back home for me is healthy. Thank you. I would have jumped out of line and said, my mother's dead. Right. <laughs> Can I get an upgrade to first class? I know. You and I could have both uh, both used that uh, example. But, yeah, it was <laughs> it was unbelievable. And, and, again, I have no reason to believe that either of these people were lying, especially because the one guy had proof in pictures. Maybe the woman could have pulled out her calendar <laughs> as proof. I don't know. But uh, but it was an interesting exchange nonetheless. When did when you got to the gate, did they say uh, we'll be boarding by uh, bereavement? <laughs> yeah. First passengers traveling with small children or whose mothers are in grave peril. <laughs> well, but but you would board first, I suppose. The uh, the woman with the dying mother, would you not over the one who broke her hip? Um, I don't I don't mean to make light of the mother. Obviously, I'm just saying that the. Uh, game of one downsmanship of, of who is in right. the worst circumstance. And that it almost, you know, escalated into, I, I think if the woman at the counter, the one with the dying mother, I think if that was a man, it would have escalated into a fist fight. That's how heated these two passengers were. When my mother died, I was in Chicago doing a story for Sports Illustrated on Bo Jackson of the White Sox. My uh, two older brothers both lived in Chicago and my younger brother and younger sister both were in school in South Bend, Indiana, and as a coincidental result, I was living in New York at the time, but it, at the Marriott on Michigan Avenue in Chicago, all five of us ended up at O'Hare at the same time on the same flight. That wasn't a coincidence. Obviously, we all bought tickets on the same flight, but I don't recall pulling any kind of uh, trump card. There was a famous Seinfeld episode about the bereavement discount for ticket airplane tickets when you're traveling same day for that reason. But um, no, I don't believe any of us pulled that trump card. Didn't you, though, point out on the flight to one of your brothers something sort of morbid? <laughs> well, yeah, I did think that if that plane had gone down, it would have been... Uh, Pretty devastating for your father. <laughs> not to mention everybody else weekend. on the plane, obviously, right. and their families, <laughs> but I was just thinking of us. We should add, I mentioned Denny with one and Gallagher earlier. He was going to be here in basement. This was going to be our one-year anniversary show. I don't think we know if this is the one-year anniversary of the podcast. I think he told us that, like, October, I think around this time. Around this time. Around but this time. this isn't the one-year anniversary show. No, next week will be the one-year anniversary show. This was going to be the one-year anniversary show, and then I have to head off to work shortly. So um, we couldn't have Denny come up and be in basement this week. So next week, we will. Um, Denny will be in basement, and we will have our one-year anniversary show. How do you show. work shortly? I'm, I'm curious. Someone as tall as you. <laughs> I don't know either. Well, 
we do the same thing with our wedding anniversary. We we celebrate it long after the actual date has we passed. We celebrate it when it's convenient. We, we, we as, we're not a slave to dates. No, as as with our as with our wedding anniversary, we celebrate it when Denny can join us. Right. <laughs> In the case of the podcast, I think that will be next week. Well, you bring up anniversaries. Uh, it was sweet. I was riding in, in the car last week, and um, one of our kids' friends was um, on, on her phone, and she got a text from a classmate and sort of got invited um, to the school dance. And uh, and it was just fun sort of eavesdropping and listening to her reaction about this. And, uh, and my favorite part, actually, is when she handed her phone to our daughter to show her the text exchange, and she said, here, Read my phone versation. I had not heard that phrase ever before. My phone versation. So apparently, uh, when you have a text conversation, at least at this age, um, they call it a phone versation. I won't be using that. Yeah, yeah. Neither will I. Now, this wasn't part of the birthday. This was um, just a day off from school. I think that our kids had this week when you took them all to the trampoline, the indoor trampoline park. Yes. Yeah, we went. I had a car full of children. I think there were nine of us. No, there were eight of us. There were eight of us in the car. And um, and we got to one of these trampoline places, and it was great because it was only the, the Catholic schools that had uh, the day off from school. And so the trampoline place was empty, <laughs> except for I was there with eight kids. And then I saw like four other kids running around and they were there with their dads. And it was uh, it was perfect because there's, you know, it's kind of in a warehouse looking building and there's all these trampolines in the floors. There's games uh, involving trampolines where the kids can play dodgeball or whatever. And then against the back wall, there were three chairs. They were massage chairs. And um, and when I was walking up, you know, kind of following our kids around a little bit I see that these two dads are just sitting in these massage chairs having a conversation as their whole body is shaking because they're in these massage chairs they were talking like this kind of a thing yeah exactly and I I took a picture of it I'll post it on our our, uh, Instagram which is uh, at ball and chain podcast and uh, and they should have just named it like Dad's Corner or something because um, it's, it's brilliant you know you put I think it was like two dollars for five minutes of massage i've been there and i know it accepts credit card swipe as well (laughs) and uh and that and that's what the dads were doing they were just sitting there as their kids were running around and i I ended up getting in a conversation with them and their kids too go to catholic school and um they said we had to find something to do with them and so you know in the afternoon afternoon was like 1 30 when they were leaving and they're like now we have to if we think we're going to go to try to have a long lunch like these dads are just trying to kill time like they it's been a long time since they've had to kill time with their kids keeping them out of the house run out the clock yeah pretty much but the reason i bring this up all of that is fascinating the reason I bring this up is this trampoline park, they also have a little dodgeball area, a little place where you can dunk basketballs off trampolines, and there is a referee. Yes, yes. This was probably the most interesting part. So when the kids are in um, the dodgeball area, there has to be a referee, apparently, so that when a kid gets hit or catches the ball or however, this person can tell them to leave the game. And that's appropriate because kids, you know, 
seven, eight, nine, ten year old kids don't have, you know, the, the most honest inclination when it comes to, you know, admitting that they've been eliminated from a game. And they have to keep kids safe. Yeah, that, that whole thing. And uh, but he was wearing black Adidas, like tearaway pants with three stripes on the side and then a referee shirt. They, Not by choice. No, that was the uniform. They made the poor guy wear like a black and white striped old school referee shirt. And there was a woman working at one of the other games. And she, too, was wearing the black pants and the black and white striped referee shirt. Sort of the indignity that this poor guy had to deal with uh, while he's working in in a trampoline park. Well, just the stuff that they make you wear for work. We've all had jobs. I don't know about you, but I've worn green smock. I've worn every color of smock. I wore a red smock uh, bedecked with an elf when I worked at the Tom Thumb convenience store. Um, I've worn any number of paper hats. So when you were Tom Thumb, they didn't have you wear like a polo shirt with the logo. They had you wear a, a smock. smock. Yeah. Why? I, I, they also made us wear curly elf shoes. <laughs> Why did they make you wear a smock? Why did they make this guy wear a referee shirt? Why did they make them wear referee shirts at Foot Locker? But it makes more sense to wear a referee shirt than a referee smock. It makes sense to wear a referee shirt when you're selling shoes? No. No, I mean, that that's silly. I understand that. And it was silly to have this guy wear the referee uniform as well. I guess you and I are just both lucky that we don't work in jobs that require that kind of a uniform. Like, I guess my dress, when I put on my dress to go to work, that's sort of a uniform. But it's not a, I don't have to have a logo. Like, I don't have to have ESPN embroidered into my dress i don't think i would like that some do some network blazers they at least used to wear the name of the network on their breast pocket yeah yeah like cbs when i used to do a couple games a year for cbs they those guys had their blue blazer well actually when because i've had this conversation with holly Rowe, because when they do softball games they wear polo shirts that say espn and and a few years ago the ones that they were given were men's polo shirts. And if anybody knows anything about Holly Rowe, she's not going to wear something she doesn't think is cute on air. So she actually went out, bought herself and all the women that she was working with women's cut, nice color shirts, took them herself to a place locally to get ESPN embroidered in <laughs> so that they could all be wearing a little bit cuter polo shirt when they were calling little, or I guess it was World, Women's World Series softball and wherever it is, Oklahoma City or, or somewhere very hot. So there you go. I visited newly re- now newly retired NFL referee Ed Hockley at his home in Phoenix, and he had his NFL referee shirts, and Ed was the guy with the big guns who was, I mean, a lot of these guys are proud of their guns now, but um, he had his shirts taken in at the sleeves and tailored at the waist uh, so as not to look like he was working at Foot Locker. Did he, did he tell you that? Like he actually had his his Absolutely. referee uniform tailored at the guns and the waist. I mean, it was either that he was buying them at the the, the juniors department at JC Penney. I didn't realize he was recently retired. His son is an NFL referee. His son Sean, yes, who at the time was a Pac-12 official. We mentioned it was our son's birthday at the bowling alley. We also had your birthday on the same day. Of course, we didn't celebrate it because we were celebrating our sons. But uh, you're a difficult person to buy presents for. We've talked about this before on the podcast. Um, You told me what you wanted for your birthday. I said, okay, point out to me which watch it is you would like and uh, or give me some vague marching orders. 
I didn't get those, so I suggested something else. You rejected that, and then finally you told me you wanted a specific cell phone charger. And so I said, great. We were at Target. You pointed it out to me. I got it off the shelf. I was sent to fetch some something else. And when I came back, you were at self-checkout buying your birthday present and paying for it with your own credit card. Some of this is a little bit inflated. You were asking me if I wanted to replace my Fitbit watch. I, I had a Fitbit watch that I loved and then it died. But then I've kind of been enjoying not having a Fitbit watch, like not looking however many times that I to see how many steps I've taken. So I said, you know, no, I don't want you to replace that. So I know that I can be a difficult person to shop for. And I know that you are not good at thinking of things on your own to purchase for me. So I took a screenshot of this phone charger that I, I kind of would kind of would like and sent it to you. So we were at Target purchasing some things for our son together. We went shopping for his birthday. And while we were there, I saw the phone charger. So I said, that's, that's the one I wanted. And so, yeah, while you were off, I was up purchasing our son's presence and that happened to be there. I wasn't going to wait for you to come back to have a second, a separate transaction for my birthday present. Um, so I just got them all together. It wasn't, I didn't think it was a, a big mm -hmm. deal, but you, you've kind of made it into a big deal with our kids. You've told them that mom not only picked out her own birthday present she then paid for her own birthday present she probably well i did do this i did tell you to have our <laughs> our 12 year old wrap it because she likes to wrap things but um you've, you've made me out to be more of a micromanager than i think i am really you bought your own birthday present paid for it yourself and then told me who should wrap it for you <laughs> well this is the thing like you could have gotten me something else in addition to that. So I could have opened something as a surprise on my birthday. Well, for those who are new to listening to the podcast, who have just jumped in at the one-year mark to see if this thing would fly, we have talked in the past. I got Rebecca Spanish lessons that she asked me for from Rosetta Stone. Never even opened the access code. Uh, I got her an iPod once that she never took out of the out of the cellophane shrink wrap that was around it. That was a Christmas I got present her a on the rotating day that our oldest daughter was born. I got her a rotating electronic picture frame that shows the pictures never came out of the box for a couple of years. So, Where is that so, thing? Well, who knows? But uh, <laughs> so when, you, when I, I, I could I have gotten know. you something on my own, I've done that in the past. They've even gotten things that you asked for, I totally and they forgot literally about never the, came uh, out of the box. I totally forgot about the... Um, the electronic picture frame. You're right. I don't think that did ever come out of the box. I have no idea where that thing went. You forgot about it the day <laughs> that it, you received it. Yeah, I probably did. Those were good. At that that was a good attempt. But yeah, th it was a great birthday. I had I loved my birthday mostly because I share our, a birthday with our son, and he loved his birthday so much. He loved his party. He loved his gifts. I delighted in uh, in just watching him enjoy his birthday and. Um, that's what it is for me. I don't I don't need any gifts. I enjoy being around our family. We were all together this weekend and it was lovely. And if you have your birthday party at the bowling alley, you leave with a the birthday boy leaves with a golden bowling pin. Um that all, all of his buddies signed, which was pretty awesome. It was it was a cool idea. He um he's got it now in his room and uh hopefully he'll never <laughs> use it as a weapon because how much do those things weigh? They weigh a lot. 
and uh but yeah they the bowling alley spray paints it gold buddies sign it and uh all those little boys after playing laser tag were these sweaty balls of you know boy and uh, and then they came in to and had pizza and 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 open gifts and gave the the bowling pin that was pretty cool at the bowling alley i left a bag of 24 hershey bars you don't believe in the gift bag the little bag of dollar store crap that you usually give out at the end of a birthday party right. and that ends up joining the perma stuff on our kitchen counter the plastic spider rings the whatever so you didn't want to give anything i said you can't you can't opt out of these things you got to give them something this is this is custom so i went out and bought 24 hershey bars right figure yes. who doesn't like a hershey bar so i got those put them in the room where the birthday cake was and then you and i both forgot that they existed and as a result, they're still under a table at the bowling alley four well, or five days later. The same day, or the day before, we went to get our son uh, a DVD at Target. Got a few other things while we were at Target, including your birthday present. And when we got home to unload the car, the DVD wasn't in there. The DVD had made it into a bag and made it into the shopping cart. But I think when I returned the shopping cart to the corral in the Target parking lot, I never took that bag out. Well, there's two things to discuss further here. The first being the gift bag. I do, I, I am opposed to the birthday gift bag uh, because I, it's completely unnecessary. I don't know when it started, but it's been at least for the past you know, 15 years or whatever that our kids have been going to birthday parties. You go to a birthday party, you have a delightful time as a guest of, of the kid who's having their birthday. And then for some reason, parents kids leave with a gift bag. I think the gift bag is completely unnecessary. In this particular case, our, our son was inviting friends to come play laser tag. They came, they played laser tag, they had a great time. I don't didn't feel the need to, to then send them off with a gift bag. Not one afterwards. of them missed the gift bag, not one of them missed well, the fact that we didn't hand out candies. Having said that, you may not believe in taxes. You still have to pay taxes. It, it, you cannot not be a con a, that's you cannot, not an equivalency. That's it is. No, it's not. Not at all. And you cannot be a conscientious objector to the gift bag just because It doesn't make any sense. It, it, and it isn't for you. As, it's for this kid. Well, so I said. So I said to you because your concern was that our son would feel self-conscious if if there wasn't a gift for the kids. So I said, well, then ask him about it. We didn't, but nobody, not a single kid, left there because they were polite. They didn't say, hey, where's my gift bag? None of them were even thinking about a gift bag. So we forgot to give out the chocolate bar. So so we've got our daughter's birthday coming up. She's inviting a bunch of friends to, to, to the movie theater. They're all going to watch a movie. They're going to get popcorn and candy and a drink. To me, that's enough. I don't think that they should then leave with a bunch of plastic crud in a bag. I'm just opposed to, to that. Of course it's enough. But so, think of the people who own dollar stores. Well, I know. And, but when we can find other ways to keep those people in business, but, but the, the gift bag should not be one of them. So that, that's one thing. And then you talk about returning the cart to, to the at Target with the, the DVD still in it so that you had to go back the next day because our son asked for three things and one of them was the DVD of the movie Solo. So we'd purchased it, left it in the cart, at, and you brought that to the cart return. So the next day you had to purchase that again. But let's go back to the cart and the cart return. 
I was somewhere with our kids getting something to eat. There's one parking space left. We pulled into it and it was next to like one of those little islands of dirt. <laughs> and in the island of dirt were two shopping carts that people had put there. And it just made me think of when I was a kid and, and we would go to the grocery store. After my mom put the groceries in the car, she always made one of the kids return the grocery cart back to the grocery store because this is before they had grocery cart returns. So you brought it no matter where you parked in the in the parking lot you brought your thing back she never once whether it was the rain or anything else she never left the cart there because that's just not thoughtful and it's selfish and whatever people all the time do that and there's no excuse to do that now because there is an excuse there's you cart be, returns you might be everywhere physically impaired you might be elderly that there's okay. no excuse if you're if you're able to return the cart to the corral. You, to you the think corral. that most of those carts that aren't returned to the corral are are left on an island because somebody is physically no, impaired it's actually, or elderly? No, bet, actually, it's bet, actually harder to get it up on above the concrete curb onto the median. I bet the people who return it more often than not are the elderly because they grew up at a time where that's just what you did. But it drives me nuts, especially in this particular place where we were, there's already limited parking. And so if a couple of those are taken up by carts, um, just because people are too lazy to push it 15 yards to put to the cart return, it, it, it drives me bonkers. I was waiting in the car um, for you to come out of the grocery and I was observing all of the rogue carts that were all over the parking lot. And there were several corrals available. I mean, it just, you know, people who want to push it five extra feet. But I thought while I was watching this that I would find a deeply gratifying the job of doing that cowboy roundup of all the carts and you get them into the corral. You know how every once in a while the grocery sends somebody out yeah. to corral to, to, to do the roundup. Yeah. I'd picture myself on like one of those pogo stick horses with just the head on the top going out with the lasso and and rounding up the carts. <laughs> I think it would be more fun for our, our listeners to picture you with your monocle rounding on my up monocle. the carts. I'm, I'm, I'm my, the on my stick horse with a monocle, yes. You see, this is, this is what sometimes cracks me up at a place like the grocery store where, you know, people where you're going to have a cart, you know, for the most part, when you leave the grocery store because you have enough items, you're going to have a cart. And, um, you know, but people still fight for the closest spaces to the front of the store. To me, the, the best space in the place is the one that's near the cart return, because then you, you know, just walk 10 feet. Granted, you're, you're kind of worried about the rogue cart hitting your car. But um, but for the most part, the, the, the best space, the pole position at the grocery store is right next to the cart return. And then, you know, it doesn't hardly take any effort to get that cart back where it belongs. Well, I left the um, solo DVD in the shopping cart, presumably. I left the Hershey bars at the bowling alley. We were driving to Cape Cod this past weekend and stopped at the McDonald's for about 10 minutes. We left, we got it back on 495, drove for another 10 minutes when you realized you didn't have your phone and you frantically frisked yourself for your phone, couldn't find it. I got off 495. Southbound. Drive us back to the McDonald's. Got back on 495 northbound to go back to McDonald's. And as soon as I committed to getting back on 495 with no exit for the until the 10 minutes <laughs> to McDonald's, you said, "Oh, here's my phone. I had thrown it in the trash in the that's trash. inside the car." 
And so that added, you know, half an hour to our already long trip. And uh, I don't think both of us can afford to be. I know we both can't be that person. You already are that person. That's um, I think that's the first time that I've thought I've lost my phone. Like I've been in the house and haven't been able to find my phone right away. But um, yeah, I was sitting there thinking, I did I with all the stuff I was carrying out of McDonald's, did I leave my phone inside? And fortunately, I had not. I had somehow instead just thrown it away once we were in the car. But um, I didn't even really feel bad about that. I, I was so relieved that I'd found it and that I didn't have to that we didn't have to go all the way back to the McDonald's. But yeah, I apologize um, for that. Uh, but it, it, I can say with a fair amount of confidence that it won't happen again. A lot of people when they're at the grocery store or at McDonald's or wherever they are, a lot of women where like spandex have become, or yoga pants, whatever, have become something that people wear out a lot. And um, it's, it's so different from even, you know, 20 years ago. I, I was thinking about when I was in college and going, if the basketball team at some point, if we were going for a run in the preseason, you'd be outside and you'd wear spandex because they kept your legs warm. But do you remember, like, you'd wear shorts over the spandex because having these tight spandex on, like, that would not be something that people would do in that era it, because you you needed to be more modest than that. Like people would actually wear running shorts or even umbros. We saw some umbros in the store the other day, the umbro soccer shorts. Those were big when I was in high school. You'd wear your umbros or your shorts over your spandex. And now people just go into the grocery store or wherever else um, just wearing that. Remember my dad, when I would travel with those and I'd wear the shorts over the tights, like in the winter, my dad would, we called them running tights. And my dad, misunderstanding, said, you know, are these your running underpants? Right. (laughs) And so we started calling them as a joke, running underpants. Now you just run in your underpants. Right. I mean, you don't see, fortunately, you don't really see men walking around in, in spandex what if that became a thing well, it is a thing it's 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 but the no. mammal the middle-aged man in like right but they ride bicycles they're not running right well that's that's a whole different thing what if it what if you know you see women everywhere now wearing spandex out with you know sweatshirts or whatever their top is what if that became a thing for men that that would be taking it just way way too far. I can, I can barely handle seeing the guy in his cycling stuff, you know, in Starbucks. But at least you know he, well, you just assume that he's there. He got there on a bike. Um, but if guys just started wearing spandex pants as like regular pants, that's it. I'm not leaving the house anymore. Sadly, the minute guys decide that that's what they're going to do, that's what they're going to do. That's what they're going to do. Oof. Well, it it comes back to the stuff, you know, they make you wear for work. You know, we're, we've talked about this at volleyball where, you know, the volleyball players have to wear the spandex shorts. And um, our child's volleyball team, freshman volleyball, wears softball uniforms because they didn't have enough volleyball uniforms. Even like beach volleyball. They, have they to wear softball shirts, but they still wear the, the short little volleyball shorts yes they don't wear softball pants <laughs> and stirrups weird. and cleats you're right <laughs> thank you for pointing that out well, that would be weird i just need to make things very clear <laughs> but it, it reminds me of um of brad in fast times at ridgemont high who has to wear the pirate costume at at captain hook's um you know fish and chips home of the clam witch you know what i'm talking about i think i do yes it's been a long time since i saw that movie there was actually a stretch where the australian this was even in 1996 in the Olympics, 
where the Australian women's basketball team wore singlets. They were spandex, short shorts, and they're actually they they're sort of like wrestling singlets. I remember. They, I don't remember were they sleeveless or did or um were they tank tops or did they have sleeves? They may have like had short, short sleeves, sleeves, but they were they were in Australia's colors, of course, that green and yeah. gold. Yeah, I just I remember thinking like I don't know if I would play basketball if I would have played basketball as a kid if uh, if that was the uniform. It was it was pretty horrible. You played against them though in '96. Yeah, they wore those. Yeah, we played against them. Uh, I think in in the silver medal round or not the, or the the semifinal round. I guess it would have been called. That would be a good Halloween costume. The 1996 Australian women's basketball team singlet for you. I'm talking about. Right. Well, this since I'm always the one giving out the candy. Maybe I should find one of those. And when people come to the door, when I give them the candy, I should be wearing that. And they'll say, "Are you Lauren Jackson?" <laughs> This, well, she, Lauren Jackson was, would have been too young for then, but we'd have to think of who their post player would have been. Shall we get to some viewer mail? Let's get to some viewer mail. Kids, it's time to answer our voluminous viewer mail, which has uh, been piling up over the last five or six days. This is coming in via Gmail from Brian. The Gmail address is ballandchainpod at gmail.com. Brian writes, you too. The pastor at my church always lion kings the baby after it's baptized to the point if at a baptism, if I'm at a baptism and the baby is not lion kinged, I feel gypped. I don't know how I'd feel about a priest lion kinging the baby. I mean, like, you know, how, how much experience do priests have with, with little infants? Not a lot. Like, well, actually, I don't think I'd want anyone lion kinging the, uh, the baby holding it up like that. You know, it's like the Michael Jackson Holding, holding him Baby over off the, the, balcony. the balcony, yeah. Brian writes, I'm also confident that Lion King is a verb if used correctly. Well, he just used it correctly. It's really hard to say, though. By the way, he writes, Rafiki was voiced by Benson. Yes. Robert, Robert Guillaume. Guillaume. Restiva writes, Gail, also to uh, pod at gmail.com. Restiva, I would like to apply to be the pod's resident Gail. Sure, my name isn't spelled like Oprah's Gail, which is G-A-Y-L-E, but I don't think we need to get caught up in the spelling details right now. This this gal is a G-A-I-L. Three reasons why I make a good gal. One, just like Oprah's gal, I've got great friends. Wasn't Oprah's gal a newscaster here Gail in the King, Hartford area? Yeah. Channel 3, she was the local newscaster forever before, uh, before she went on to be more well-known as Oprah's gal. Uh, two, I make the best apple dip on the planet. Three, I've just entered the world of youth sports via my four-year-old, John. I honestly can't believe how crazy some of these parents are. It boggles my mind that a grown adult cares at what point in the batting order his or her five-year-old hits in T-ball. Yeah, they all that's in T-ball especially because everybody hits every inning. doesn't matter where. Gail, I think we can confidently give you the job as resident Gail uh, and tell you that it only gets nuttier. And I'm not talking acorns. <laughs> As the kids get older. Edible or not. Andy sent us a tweet, uh, which again is at Ball and Chain Pod. Um, he said, I like these Carlin moments, talking about stuff and deplaning. Not sure he actually did deplaning. Why not just exiting or leaving? Do I de-car, de-house, de-work? I like that. I, I like that. Yeah, I like that a lot. And you know what? Sometimes before you deplane, they have to de-ice. <laughs> Actually, they de-ice before you take off. I don't think they de-ice before you deplane. And sometimes they don't call it deplaning; they call it disembarking. You embark, and then you disembark. 
Well, this makes me think too, because he said, you know, do I decar? Do you notice when you're driving, especially if you're at a stoplight somewhere or in traffic somewhere, that people treat their automobiles as if it's one-way glass, as if they can see out, but nobody can see in? Like you see people do all manner of things in their car that they would never do if they were sitting at a table somewhere or sitting even on a park bench. Like it's people's place to pick their nose. It's people's place to pick their feet. They look, they're doing stuff while looking, you know, maybe popping zits on their face while they're looking in the rear view mirror. I mean, why do people treat a car as if um, that, the you know, a car is a, what would you say, 30% windows, maybe more? Why do people treat it as if it's a sanctuary that no one can see into? It does seem to be a hotbed of, of nose picking and it's also what enables road rage because that person three feet from you is separated by a little bit of plexiglass and fiberglass. It's not a real person. I can flip them off and lay on the horn and, and do whatever I want to them. Yeah. it's um, Where if you just removed the cars but kept, us, kept the same physical proximity, that right. person would be a four feet from you and you presumably would never do that right yeah it's 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 a weird uh just an odd thing that that you notice i notice every single time i'm um at a, a traffic light or, or an intersection where i see people doing all manners of things inside their car uh, the same brian by the way who used lion king as a verb also added that uh, he made a correction to the podcast and i think we should get this on the record okay uh, he was glad to hear me say uh last week you can't have everything where would you put it and quoting George Carlin, but unfortunately, Steve, it wasn't George Carlin. Car- Carlin famously did a routine on stuff and having a place for your stuff, but the you can't have ev- everything where you put it quote is from another genius, Stephen Wright. And he's, he's of course, right. Brian's favorite Stephen Wright line is, I poured spot remover on my dog, and now he's gone. <laughs> I think my favorite Stephen Wright line was, I put instant coffee in the microwave and went back in time. <laughs> Stephen Wright, is Stephen Wright still alive? Yeah, he's very much alive. Is of he course, still he still performs. He still looks exactly like Stephen Wright. I bet. He, like he, his sardonic nature and, and his delivery were definitely um, ones that made me laugh when I was a kid, for sure. As the person in charge of looking at these uh, Gmails, Rebecca, I haven't shared with you, this with you yet because I'm just seeing it myself, but uh, congratulations and mazel tov to Dr. Gary Siegel our resident OBGYN, who is now the proud grandfather to Miriam of New Orleans. Oh, lovely. Congratulations, Dr. Siegel. Dr. Siegel, uh, congratulations to everybody in the Siegel family. Uh, Dr. Siegel adds that he is he writes to us from a uh, the concierge floor of a hotel in Charleston where he's attending a board meeting. There was breakfast dessert readily available. Well, of course, on a concierge level, you expect breakfast dessert and i and if there's one person who i think it would be totally fine to lion king a baby would be an OBGYN. of Spe- course they spend their whole career catching babies as they're as michael jackson holds their, them over about mother's cannon yes so um that would be one person that could lion king all day so congratulations dr siegel dr siegel adds as a ps thanks to lynn truss for helping me with punctuation lynn truss is the author of eats shoots and leaves leaves. which you persuaded dr siegel to read he said it started off slowly but then he he ended up enjoying it he said the same thing about the birth by the way (laughs) this isn't viewer mail technically or in any other way but it is 
the baseball postseason, the playoffs are in full swing. And um, as we speak, the Red Sox have just beaten the Yankees 16-1. to We don't know what will happen tonight or while you're listening to this. But with the World Series looming, I thought I would favor listeners with my, um, my now nine-month-long uh, fruition of my piano lessons. It's nine months. Talk about giving birth. I've, I've given birth to... To Melody. To Melody. <laughs> That's not What's Melody's little, middle name? That's no. <laughs> not uh, a new member of no. our family. So yes. No, I, With, I, no, no, don't build it up anymore. I, I want to build it up. I, I think you should just... Just to heighten the disappointment. Just You've been practicing almost daily for the last nine months. You've been going to weekly lessons for the last nine months. And I think it's only fair that our listeners get to hear what the culmination of all of this work. I should apologize to my jazz piano genius teacher, Damien, for this being the culmination of all of my work, but I wanted to learn at least a snippet of a ballpark classic. Uh, This is me on the Yamaha Arius jazz organ setting playing a ballpark classic. Here we go. While we're doing some uh, personal housekeeping, my Keepy Uppy record is now 57. Your Keepy Uppy record is 57. Um, if anyone is willing to leave us a review on iTunes, that would be very much appreciated. Twitter handle at Ball and Chain Pod. Gmail is at Ball and Chain Pod at gmail.com. Instagram is at Ball and Chain Podcast. We are at all of those places, including um, here every Wednesday morning. Tom, Dick, and Harry. Play us out. Has no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Six of us and the family pad live in this cuckoo nest. Daily grind puts your sanity to a daily test Androgynous and ambiguous while we give for a little rest Stay by day just to keep it sane Who's the ball and who's the chain It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane Hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane.